Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. Another edition of the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, you name it, download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. Now a part of the Believe Podcast Network. I am thrilled to be a part of this. Man, there's so many amazing shows. Go check them all out, including uh, the one with Bill Polian, the Hall of Fame general manager, executive, of course, uh, former GM of the Bills and the Colts. Uh, terrific, terrific podcast. Great content. Awesome hosts all a part of the Believe Podcast Network. Hey, you can get me on Twitter at Mike L Sports and ML Sports Platter on uh, Instagram and on Facebook. We are brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State, Liverpool Physical Therapy, and CNY Electrical. Log on to cnyelectrical.com today for all of your electrical needs, both residential and commercial. CNY Electrical is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Thrilled to bring him back onto the program here as we get set for a very, very busy uh, Thanksgiving day of NFL football. One more Syracuse football game. We got the Yankees hot stove. Remember when we didn't have any games and we had nothing to talk about? (laughs) You can't, you can't, it's hard to keep up with all of it at this point, but we love it that way. People, uh, sports fans love it, but us in the business, you know, we're, we're fans too. We started as fans, but covering these games and talking about it and just having just ample content. It's it's awesome. All the games back, it's terrific. And nobody's done it better than Scott Petoniak through the years, a best-selling author. Go grab all of his books online where books are sold. And you can visit him uh, at the uh, Rochester Business Journal website, of course, rbj.net. And that's where he's got all of his columns. That's rbj.net. And on Twitter, at Scott Petoniak. We're going to get into some SU football and basketball, some Yankees hot stove, and we will preview Bill's Saints for Thanksgiving Thursday which is tomorrow in prime time, season on the line for the Bills. Scott, welcome aboard, buddy. Thank you, Mike. Will the Buffalo Bills make the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not hitting the, uh, the panic button yet. There's obviously, um, you know, there's obviously uh, areas of concern here. Um, and I think the biggest is along the offensive line and the defensive line, for that matter, the trenches. You, you've got to wonder after some of the performances, including – that debacle against the Colts where they literally, you know, ran roughshod uh, over, through, and around the Bills. Um, you got to start to wonder about that that defense. And uh, uh, something is just not 
uh, clicking here offensively. And I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, they've had some injuries along that offensive line. They've had to use different combinations. And quite frankly, they don't have a lot of depth on that line. And I'm, all, I'm also beginning to think, Mike, that, um, you know, uh, Josh, Josh's, uh, you know, ability um, to escape trouble and, and so forth has masked maybe some of the problems and, um, you know, prompted, uh, you know, them to pretty much go with the same offensive line that they had in the past. And so they may have gotten fooled a little bit there into thinking that they had a, a good offensive line. And, and there's some, some serious questions about whether or not they do. Um, so, but yeah, no, I, I still think, I mean, they have a demanding schedule and things are going to get really, really, really interesting if they lose to the saints, which they conceivably could do on, on Thanksgiving, you know, and you've got to, yeah, the, the worst fear for bills fans, right? Mike is like, all of a sudden you're in second place to the Patriots again. I mean, nobody wants to be looking at that schedule if you're a bills fan and seeing that again, because it just brings back so many horrible memories of, you know, the two decade long dominance where you played the, you know, the Washington generals to their Harlem Globetrotters. And so I think, I think that, I think that's concerning and there's no question that the, you know, that there are uh, a much improved team. The Patriots are, and uh, I don't think Mac Jones is the next uh, Tom Brady, but they found a formula and, and I kind of figured they were going to be a much better team with the, you know, defense, uh, all the defensive starters coming back who had opted out for COVID last year. And, um, and, and, you know, so, um, they've, they've found a formula that's winnable. I don't think it's a Super Bowl winning formula as of yet, but, um, <laughs> perhaps it's a division winning formula and we're going to find out. So, so yeah, the Bills got some tests. I mean, you, you also have some patsies, uh, still remaining on your schedule, but this next, you know, next, uh, few weeks here, um, is going to be very, very telling, I think, for this team. But I, I still think they're going to make the playoffs. Here's the thing. For me, what it boils down to right now is things happen. It's sports. It's the NFL. You go through ebbs and flows. The Bills have a bullseye on them this year. They came out of nowhere last year. It's a much different situation. Allen's got the contract, hype expectations, all the things that go into what this NFL season is. I wouldn't be this past weekend that upset over the Colts' loss if the Bills had beaten the Jaguars, Scott, you always have to come back to it. Like, you ha you have to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. You have to beat the really, really bad teams. And I know the Titans have lost to the Texans and Jets. I know that we've seen this all year long in the NFL. But from a Bills perspective solely, look at the AFC standings. If they had seven wins, look how different it is 10 weeks into the year, right? I just, I look at that Jaguars loss as being like the problem right now over everything. Yeah, well, there's no question. Um, and and the other thing, too, Mike, is that they're not going to fare well in the tiebreakers because fairly high on the list is conference uh, conference record. And they don't have a good conference record right now, you know. So, um, again, if you were to sweep the Patriots, which are capable of doing, but it, it's not going to be an easy task. And then I think, what well, you, you finish up with the Jets, um, you know. So, uh, but, but, yeah, that, that was a – that was – that was one of the, that Jacksonville loss was one of the worst in, in recent Bills memory, given, you know, the implications that it has. And, and, and again, as you said, those are your championship team. You beat up on the teams you're supposed to beat up on. Like we 
we didn't we the thing that we liked about the Bills last year was yeah they had an easy schedule, but they took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. They they did they didn't make the schedule and they beat up on the teams that were supposed to, including you know a very weakened AFC East last year as well. Sure, um, that's fine. You know, and that's what the Patriots did for how many that's years? Right. Like yeah. their division stunk. You know, uh, uh, essentially for twenty years, and so they were guaranteed like you know five wins. Uh, you know, almost every year, and they might have like one toe stubbing where they would lose a game, you know, in, in the division. But that was pretty much it, you know, for 20 years. And um, so, yeah, that's a problematic loss that, uh, you know, you hope that you don't come back and say, well, that's the one that got you. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it could. Again, I still think that they're, you know, I still think they're a, a good team. They, they, they're, they're, you know, they're in a time of crisis now, and this is going to, this is like, you know, probably the, the most serious stretch here we're going to see, we're going to, we're going to really see about Sean McDermott now, uh, because clearly, you know, he, his coaching has come under question. Uh, he's gotten a, seems to me a little conservative, gone back to that field goal thing. And, and we know you can't play that way in the uh-huh. NFL. And that's, that's not how the bills were, you know, have become good. They've become good because they've been aggressive. Uh, they, they rode the pass game and, um, They've kind of gotten away, and they're and they're a little bit off right now, and so they they got they got to turn this around fairly soon. And again, I think that this is a this Thanksgiving game against a Saints team they should beat uh, is going to be very telling. If they lose this one, it's going to get really, really, really interesting. It sure is. Uh, let's go to Syracuse Athletics. Uh, the basketball team loses at home to Colgate for the first time <laughs> since 1962. And I understand Syracuse, the fan base. We should never this. We should never that. Right. Scott, I went to a small school, a mid-major team. Not right now. They're 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 major major. If you ask me, I mean, 19, you know, mm-hmm. number 16 in the country. But you know, Bonaventure, Colgate. We, we saw VCU Butler George Mason go to Final Fours, you know, 10, 15 years ago. This is, this does happen once in a while. What did you take away from that loss and the team moving forward? What do they need to do here to make up for that loss? Because that's generally how it goes. If you lose a game like that, you're not supposed to. You have to have those great wins late, you know, later on against against really legit teams. Yeah. Um Look at I think the f- number one the first thing and, and you're right like Syracuse fans are spoiled. Yep. Um, you know Beheim has spoiled them. He's created this monster and stuff. And and we've heard all about the cupcakes and Colgate was supposed to be a cupcake. Well, here's the reality: Colgate's been a tournament team, and you know Matt Langle is probably he he is he is like a candidate for coach of the year. I mean what mm-hmm. he has done, and you can appreciate this at Bonaventure and stuff. It's not as easy to do as it is in other places. That's right. And when I, and way back when in ancient history, when I was at Syracuse, they would have been what was considered a mid major, uh, way back in, you know, in the seventies when I was in school and stuff. So these things happen. There's tremendous parity in, in college basketball. Mm -hmm. We've seen a ton of upsets already in this young, uh, this young basketball season. So panic. No, there are some concerns. Um, and, and the two big concerns I have right now is that, um, Defensively, I wonder how good this team can be. And it comes back to, Mike, uh, an ongoing issue for Syracuse for a number of years, and that's the center position. Um, You had to play Dolage out of position for essentially four years uh, because of injuries and this and that. You know, at center, you've got a 
you got a small forward essentially being asked to play center for you. And this is still an issue um, when you're playing a zone defense. And they were exploited. Clearly, the threes uh, are a great equalizer in college basketball. If you get on a, on, a, on a stretch there where you're hitting them from downtown, well, these things happen. You can get blown out on your home court, as Syracuse did against Colgate. Um, but they have that issue. I think defensively, I wonder how good this team's going to be. You know, uh, you know, you're going to be able to play this well. And, and, I, and the answer to me is not putting Jimmy Beheim at center and putting and, and, pu- and pulling Buddy back on the back line. I, I'm sorry. And, you know, you got a young, young guy in what, Benny Williams is. We know that there's often growing pains in trying to learn how to play uh, this zone. It's not as simple as people think it is. And, and all it takes is the one breakdown and an easy basket, right? Um, you know, so that's going to take some time. That That's concerning to me, the, the center position and defensively how this team plays. And and it's only going to get more difficult, um, you know, as you, as you get into the, uh, you know, into the ACC schedule and you get into you're playing against more physical, physical teams as well. So uh, I'm, I'm a little concerned about that. Like, how is that going to play out? I mean, I think, I think this team should not have issues scoring. I think offensively they should be solid, but you know, you're going to play the two, three zone and, and, and again, the three can be a great equalizer or exploiting the, the, the center of that zone, the no. center position. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I think that, you know, offensively they're going to be fine. I think the shooting will come around. Swider hasn't hit a stride yet. But that inside post, I mean, it, it's it's been such a problem for for years. And oh, by the way, back to Colgate for a second. I don't know if people remember this. They had Arkansas on the ropes in the NCAA tournament last year before yes. Arkansas and Eric Musselman pulled away uh, in that mm-hmm. game. That was a three point game at halftime, and they were they they were right there. So these yeah. teams can play. They've been able to play for for a long time. Scott Petoniak with us here at Scott Petoniak on Twitter, rbj.net, for all of his work and his books online where uh, books are sold. Make sure you go pick them all up for the holiday season. Uh, right to the right to the football team here. How does this end for this team? I, you know, Scott, November, end of October, November, it's that Dino Babers just complete nosedive time, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's been a disappointing season, and regardless of what um, – uh, Dino says, and that you know he's pleased with this this jump. But I don't just look at it as okay. They went from like you know they, they improved like four wins or whatever. Or, you know I, it doesn't. I, I I don't measure it that way because this was a very down year for the ACC. Um, they should have beaten you know they should have beaten Clemson. They had them beat. Uh, they've lost close games. I think that comes down to coaching, um, and they also have you know the other. I know we're in a, in a brave new world here with the transfer portal and so forth, but the one uh, place that Syracuse does lead the nation in, and that is the number of guys who've entered the transfer portal. Um, and, you know, if you're, if you're Clemson or Alabama or Ohio state or Penn state, whatever, you know, that's not an issue when you're Syracuse, it is an issue because you have numbers problems to begin with. And so, um, you know, there, there, there was some hope and some light here, obviously, you know, they found something in Tucker, Sean Tucker, and 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 he's been a diamond amid the ashes. Uh, Garrett Schrader gave him a boost, but 
you know, Mike, you got you got to be able to complete complete passes even at the collegiate level. Yeah, they can't uh, throw the ball you know, down the field, Scott. They, they can't do it. They can't. They can't do yep. it. Yeah, you know? weapons. They they don't they don't have enough weapons to catch the ball. And the guy, you know, Schrader, obviously gives them more of an oomph on offense. But they need they need him to expand his passing repertoire. I think that's the biggest thing in the offseason. But you've got to get some of these young guys. You know, Alfred, some of these young wide receivers. I actually like them. They're they're speedy. But they have poor hands and they're really raw in terms of route running. They they just can't get open. They can't catch the ball when it even gets to them. They've got to figure out that part of the offense. Yeah, there, there's no question. I mean, it, it, they're the one dimensional. They're the classic one dimensional team, right? We know you're going to run the ball, and they were able to do that in spite of the fact that teams knew that. But then, you know, you got in the ACC, and you and you also went against some teams that were going to put points up on the board, and that's always problematic if you can't, you know. Unless you're running it like the Colts did against the Bills, um, you know it's just not going to work for you. And if you fall behind, my goodness, then then you you wind up you know getting clobbered as they did last week. And um, so yeah, I'm uh, this is this is you know season six for you know this is uh, going to be the fifth losing record unless mm-hmm. unless they pull off a miracle against Pitt, and I just don't see that happening. And and then they go and win a bowl game. Um, you know, uh, so, you know, that's a, that's a pretty big body of work and a lot of patience in an era when there isn't much patience for coaches or players to develop. Um, and, you know, I, I, I look back at the history, like, you know, Mac, uh, Dick McPherson, they, they, they went through like, you know, he had a long period there and he, he didn't have a 10 win season, but he had some winning seasons, but then they'd go, they'd fall back and mm-hmm. so forth. And, you know, before the, the breakthrough 1987 unbeaten season, uh, you know, those first few games there in, in 86, there was the sack Mac pack. Now, what was different then is, is that we had more patience back then, and plus you had an athletic director who had been a former football coach at, at Dartmouth, Jake Krauthammer. Right. And so he saw things in the program as a football coach he saw what Mac was doing, and one of the things that Mac did, and Paul Pasqualoni did, and even Doug Marone did, that Dino has not done, is establish those relationships, recruiting relationships, in New York State, and and just beyond, like in in Jersey and in you know areas of Pennsylvania and so forth. I don't think he's done a good job with that, yep. and I'm not the only one who feels that way. I mean, you know, Don McPherson's talked about the the importance of this and stuff. You got to keep the home guys home, you know, in, in, and I, so I'm, but, but I also understand the way things operate, you know, economically, this, this is not Syracuse university is not Alabama. It's not an sec school where, okay, I, I got some rich sugar daddy. That's just going to buy out, you know, the coaching staff here. That's not going to happen. I mean, they're, they're not in a position to do that. And so they're stuck. And, Again, I like Dino. I, you know, like, but it, the words are ringing hollow now, Mike. In that, um, you know, the, the La Familia. Oh, bake the stuff. cake, yeah. You know, bake the it, cake, so close your eyes, just, all that bullshit. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's great, but you know, the proof is in the pudding. And and he's had six years. I just don't see it. You know, is this program on the upswing? No, it seems to be. It's you know, is it better than last year? Yeah, 
yeah, it's better than last year, but this is what is this what you want? Yeah. And in a time when every team, every other team goes to a bowl game. Right. Um, and you your know, conference is really bad. Yeah, your conference is you know? bad. This was this was a time to make hay. And I go back and we've kind of talked about this before with, you know, I think that the model for Syracuse should be something like Wake Forest. Um now, and I feel badly. I, I was hoping that they would finally beat Clemson, you know, and see somebody else. But Clemson seems to have put it in, in proper gear here as they're getting down down to the stretch. But, um, you know, I mean, Wake for, Wake's facilities are not not as good as Syracuse's, and and their recruiting base, I mean, is is not like super super better. I mean, yeah, you're a Southern school technically, but you're still not, you know, you're not a football power or whatever. And I, I just think that if you it, it, again, it comes down to Clawson is is a really good coach, and has built a good program down there, a winnable program. And I just don't, I just it's just, there's just so many ebbs and flows and ups and downs and and more downs than ups, you know, with Dino. And and I I was reading something today where like half of his losses yeah. are by 17 points or more. Yeah, I saw that. Wow. And, and you know, and the record. If you if you know if it's Bill Parcells and you are what your record says you are, well, you're really sub. You know, you're you're you've won forty percent of your games. Yep. You know, and much worse in the ACC. So. Yeah, it's bad. Um, let's end with the stupid Yankees. Um, <laughs> you know, the off season. Uh, I don't like any of the moves they've done already. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who they're going to get, if they're going to get anybody. But I don't have any faith in Cashman fixing this. I don't have any faith in Boone managing this. I don't have any faith in the owner, Hal, owning it. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll, for, you know, for for the sake of the pod, I'll, I'll let you answer this question. A two-part question, actually. What do you think they'll do? And is there anybody you see out there who you say they would be the perfect fit to come into to this Yankee team. Wow. Um, you know, it's, it's tough. The, the moves, like you've talked about moves, essentially the moves to me seem to be like admitting all the mistakes you made or the players you didn't develop. Um, right. You cut, you know, you're cutting Clint Frazier. You're probably going to undo her. I mean, and who knows what's going on. Well, and Velasquez is now, yeah. you know, with the angels for a bag of nickels, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you know, so I just don't, you know, I, they've got a lot of work to do. And, um, you know, I mean, we've talked about like the, the problem with this team, Mike, is they defy, you know, the, the, the longtime baseball adage that you need to be strong up the middle. Look at this team. You got Sanchez as your catcher and, and we we're done with that. We're done with that. He's not a catcher. Okay. He's at best. He could be a DH, and this team has too many DHs, um, and maybe a two two game a week catcher, um, and it, you know that's that's probably stretching it. That's what he is, and and then you know you're pitching. Hopefully, you know Major League Baseball, which they produce the baseballs now, will put a little spider tack or something, you know, on those balls so that uh, Garrett Cole can find himself again because. My goodness, if that does, if, if this is what we got, wow, um, you're stuck with another, you know, Stantonian contract here. 
and then you don't have a center fielder. So if you, I don't know, if you go on the cheap, um, and it's short, you know, and shortstop is the, is the other thing up the middle, right? And if you go on the cheap, um, you know, and try to plug that for a year, let's say with a Trevor story, let's say you you may have to go with something where, okay, I'm going to come there and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to play for my next contract essentially. And you need, you, you know, so this is a mutually beneficial situation. They're not, they're not going to get Correa and, and, you know, and, and, uh, um, uh, Seager, that's, that's not going to happen. So, you know, you look for a stopgap maybe in hopes that, uh, Volpe and the other kid are ready in 23. Um, now that's a big if Mike, because again, this team has a very poor track record in recent years of developing its talents. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, all these guys are released are examples of that. Um, all these guys that they jettisoned um, are examples of, well, you didn't do, you didn't develop this guy. Yeah. Clint Frazier had injury and illness issues or whatever, but, but you didn't, you didn't develop that guy and, and Duhar. Yeah. He had the injury and stuff like, but he came back from the injury. Like why, you know, again, I, in that's not just the you know player development, and whatever. That's also managers, right. And coaches, yep, yep. like, and, the big league level. And I, I just don't see that. So, you know, uh, the, the kid, um, uh, kid, he's like 34 now. Marte, um, is a possible center fielder, um, stop gap or whatever, but you got, you're going to have to fill that. Somehow. Oh, come on. Don't you have faith in Aaron Hicks to play 30, uh, how many, uh, 20 <laughs> oh, games gosh. before he goes down again? There's another contract. Gosh. What do we got? Four years left on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a, it's not quite an Ellsbury type contract, but it, it, it's close. Know, it's, it's getting close. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not optimistic. I mean, we're, we're on the same page in that owner GM manager. I just don't have a great deal of confidence in there in, in them. And, you know, I, I you know, talk about player development. Like wh- why couldn't you know, Volpe, you know, he, he put big numbers up on every rung of the ladder that he went up last yeah. year. Like why can't he go to camp? I know. And be your starting shortstop. I mean, why why can't the Yankees do that? Yep. All these other teams do it. Like, why why you know why do you have to wait until somebody's 23, 24, 25? Why why can't they be in their young twenties and say like, you know, Derek G, Derek uh, Joe Torre here? We're, we're you know, yeah, we had an injury to Fernandez, and and you're going to be my starting shortstop. You know, instead of in talking George off of you know trading for a shortstop, right? And get get that ball rolling. Um, so I don't know. I, I haven't provided you with any answers because I just don't. I don't have. I would. I would. I would jettison Sanchez. Oh. I wouldn't pay him the what nine million that you would have to pay him this year. Get him out. Yeah. Give me. Like, give me. Mike. Give me a. Give me a guy. <sighs> if I have a guy in the system who is defensive ready uh, to to catch at the major <clears throat> league level, put him up there. I don't care if his stick is not ready. You know, whatever. Give me just somebody who is above competent, uh, you know, or above incompetent, I guess, is what we would be going with. Well, and look, the, and, and I, by know. the way, on that note, I agree with you, but th- this needs to also be added to the to the catching situation, Scott, is that the analytics that the Yankees are, are based on and what they actually think, you know, they believe in, which you and I both hate, the, the, the analytics, part of the reason Sanchez, they keep hanging on to him is because they're teaching him the analytics, they're teaching him the wrong ways to play the catcher position with the framing and all that sort of thing. This guy can't catch balls. He can't block balls. He can't do anything. 
And I think a lot of it is because the analytic plays into it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't think he's a good enough athlete back there. I don't think he has the reflexes. True. He's got he's got a tremendous arm. There's no that's the one plus he has defensively. He's got an incredible arm. But you can't live off that, you know, like I mean, you can't throw everybody out, you know, like and and make and you know, you've gotta you've gotta be able to frame pitches, catch catch balls that mm-hmm. are in the dirt, block them so they're not in you know in the first row. Uh, you know, uh, you know, and stuff, and and uh, um, and you and you gotta, you know, you've gotta manage a pitching staff, um, you know. And again, Garrett Cole, you know, doesn't have any faith in him. I mean, it, that should have told a lot of people, uh, you know, geez, what's going on here, you know, and and stuff. So, so yeah, I I, I don't think there's any any simple solutions here, but I don't I don't know why not bring Volpe. And the other kid, you bring them to camp, and you really give them a lot of time to, to see or whatever, you know. To and if again, if you're gonna if you're looking for stopgap, you know, you know, you go story or whatever, and uh, you know, you're gonna have to, you know, you get a one year contract because the other guys are gonna, the other guys are gonna want big contracts. I mean, it, it, you're, there's no way around it. They want big contracts and long contracts. You want to do a, you know, like like the Mets did. You want to do a Lindor? I, I don't want to get involved in that. I mean, I, I, and on top of that, you're going to have to sign. You, you're going to have to have a multi-year deal coming up here with Judge, and uh, you know, and he 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 obviously is their best player, and he's the face of the franchise, and he's extremely popular and, and everything. But the, we always go back to the Stantonian contract that uh, you know burdens this team and stuff. And if you have an owner who is insistent that you stay under, you know, the, the luxury tax. So you, know, you, you don't have a lot of wiggle room here. So, so they're, they're dumping right now and, and we'll see. And, you know, the way things are going, Mike, we're not going to know until before, before camp, because there's going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be a lockout come December 1st. No I doubt. mean, it's, yep. you know, there's no avoiding that in baseball, you know, both a pox on both their houses, both the, you know, the ownership and, and, and on the players because, hey, you know, the sport's hurting and you're going to do this in this day and age and, you know, billionaires squabbling with multimillionaires and like, yeah, that's, everybody loves that. Yeah, it's a joke. Uh, in the final minute or two that I have with you, Scott, why don't you take an opportunity? Uh, look, the holidays are here. People are shopping uh, and there's no better gift to give than books, right? So, you have a lot of them online where books are sold, major bookstores. Uh, highlight a couple for some people if you'd like. Well, uh, for the baseball fan out there, and you can get this Amazon, get it within a couple of days. It's, you know, Remembrances of Swings Past. It's a collection of about uh, 70, 75 essays I've done through the years on all aspects of baseball. Such a great read, man. Well known and, yeah. and whatever. So I, I would highly recommend that. Uh, um, you know, I, we, Forever Orange, you, if you're interested in Syracuse University, not just the sports, but the university itself, is a beautiful coffee table book that's available. And if you're looking from sports angles, I mean, I've got, you know, there's a, a, a book uh, I collaborated with uh, Steve Tasker. It's still available, um, you know, like My Life on a, on, on a Special Team, um, which really documents all the you know, the, the, the rise of, and, and the, of the glory years and stuff, you know, and uh, through Steve Tasker's uh, words and eyes. And then, you know, 100 Things uh, Syracuse fans, uh, 
should uh, uh, know and do before they die, I think is, uh, uh, you know, is an uh, interesting, fun type book, I think, that SU fans would like. And also uh, my, the biography I did on uh, Jim Behan, Color and Orange. So if you go to Amazon.com, I have a, a page there and all, all the books are there. But uh, uh, we authors, we, we starving uh, writers, we appreciate that. So. Yeah, no, no doubt. All the books are are so worth it, and uh, you've done you've done awesome with them. Uh, and you can catch Scott Petoniak at rbj.net for all of his terrific content and columns, and uh, get him on Twitter at Scott Petoniak, the longtime writer, reporter, uh, storyteller, and author. Uh, Scott, thank you for doing this. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and uh, we'll talk down the line. And my goodness. I, I hope that Thursday night uh, isn't a complete disaster and doesn't ruin all the food in my stomach with the Bills and the Saints, man. Woo. Yeah, well, let's keep the faith. Again, I think uh, I think they can write themselves, but it's not going to be easy. And it, it's going to be an interesting stretch run that we didn't think was going to be interesting at all. But I guess look at it that way. We're going to have games that mean something uh, down the stretch here. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Appreciate it, Mike. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by our great friends at Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum award. A big tip of the cap thank you as well to Liverpool Physical Therapy, Brewerton Ace Hardware, the Al and Angus Pub, and our great, great friends over at Elevate Fitness of Syracuse. Two great locations. Get your membership now. DeWitt and Liverpool, they've got the hot tub, the pool, the walking track, all the machines, classes, and more. You name it. Get there. Free training available with a personal trainer as well. Elevate Fitness literally has changed my life because I'm able to swim year-round now. I get in the hot tub for relaxation. I have horrible arthritis in my knees. And so when I go there, I feel good. And they make you feel good. They care about you. They have personal trainers and more. So go get your membership if you're in and around Central New York to Elevate Fitness, Liverpool, and DeWitt locations. Tip of the cap, thank you to the Swan and Whitaker families as well for their support of the ML Sports Platter. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. Big time thanks to Scott Petoniak, and as I always tell you, enjoy the games. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.